and welcome. I'm Les Bubka, and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. Um, today, I have a pleasure to talk to Jamie Gray uh, from Scotland, uh, one of my biggest friends who will not miss a chance to pick on me and Matt Jardine and tell us how short we are. Um, he's the owner of Musashi Karate School, uh, and he seems to be known by everybody. Everybody knows Jamie. Um, how are you, women? I'm very good, thank you, Les. Thank you very much. Yeah, how are you? Hope you're well too. I, I am very well. Um, did I say that properly? Because you're using that all the time, women, and <laughs> I don't know uh, how do you say that properly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fine. I didn't even notice, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand the word you're saying. I'm lip reading, and it's no idea. Like, it's just because your mouth's so small, you know. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Similar to Matt Jardins. <laughs> yeah, I used to have my tube and uh, speaking through the megaphone. Yeah. Uh, so Jamie, 50th uh, episode of my podcast. Wow. Thank you very much for coming on it. Uh, I didn't expect having so many, but here we are. Um, how are you? And can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? I read the article, but I've got a very good memory, but very short. Uh, maybe you could refresh uh, my yeah. memory to the people who are listening. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you very much for asking me. And, and the 50th one, that's that, that, that's absolutely fantastic. What a milestone. Um, and, and, you know, I really enjoy them. It's the kind of thing that I'll put the yeah, your podcast on when I'm working away and I'm listening to it in the background and, uh, you know, picking up little snippets. And, and it's, it's well worth it. It's really interesting. Some of the people you've had on across a, a wide range is, is fantastic. So I feel really honoured to have been to be asked, especially the 50th one. That's obviously the most special one uh, for <laughs> tall people that, um, <laughs> that that you've put on. So, yeah, a, a bit of background about me. I'm I'm a part-time martial artist. I'm not I'm not full-time martial artist. I've I've it's something that's um, I've been involved with pretty much all my life. I started in the late 70s in judo uh, at a, a local club. Um, the instructor at that time uh, left through work. And uh, the judo club was replaced with a karate club. That was around about 1982. Um, I went along to it because it went down there every week, went along to the karate club, thought, what's this about? Uh, give it a shot. Um, on, on the way home, I started getting a cramp in my leg. Uh, by the time I got home, both legs were cramping in the front and the back, so you couldn't stretch them out. I hurt all over my body. And it was one of the greatest feelings I think I've ever had at that time. And I was totally hooked. And um, uh, the, the, the club at the time ran three nights a week, twice in, in the town I stayed in and, and, and once in another village. So I went to every single class. I would do an hour's training before the class, go to the junior class, train at the back uh, while the juniors were training, train in the adults class, then go home and do an hour of, of training over all the stuff that we like. I was just absolutely fanatical about mm. it. I loved it. It was something that was mine. I, I, I enjoyed the um, just the whole training, the whole aspect and the whole learning of it. It was great. Um, during that time, uh, obviously through the 80s, um, I cross-trained. There weren't many clubs around at that time where I stayed, southwest Scotland. Um, so I, I would join into an Aikido class, join into a Shotokai class, a Shotokan class, um, and basically anything that I, I, I could go along to, to to help with my core karate. Um, so f right from the word go, you know, I've kind of cross-trained and um, 
probably up through the 80s with the one club. We did a bit of competition. We were uh, uh, not affiliated to, but we, we worked really closely with and trained with alongside. My instructors trained under Pat McKay, um, mm-hmm. who was world mm-hmm. champion at the time in Kilmarnock, and, and we just got there and trained with him in his old Masada club in the early 80s, mid-80s. Um, we did the competition circuit. My only really claim to fame, I wasn't very good at competitions, was uh, part of 1986. We, um, we were a team event. We, we were the North East England Open champions. Um, I, I, and I think the last competition I entered was a, an inter-club one in the, when would that be, early 90s. And I got disqualified for heavy contact in the first round. Um, but terrible. <laughs> but actually, the guy I fought is a really good friend of mine. We still t- stay in, in, in touch, and he's um, a very, very good martial artist, and, and, and he comes down to the club, and um, at the time, he was in a different club. And, and I've kind of dabbled in... Um, I've always Karate has always been the constant that I've always had um, training, but I always have uh, kind of dabbled alongside it in different arts, because I think there's a lot of crossover. Um, uh, in the... Trying to think of history wise in, in, in the early 90s, mid 90s, um, our club had shut down and I got in touch with a, a, a guy um, from another club that we used to train at who had broken away from his club and, and it was just a small group of us, I think about five of us in total, all black belts, but I was brown belt at the time um, and uh, I was a brown belt for about nine years and um, uh, I went through my black belt with him and there was just, uh, like I say, a group of five. We all trained together. We weren't a part of any association. We weren't part of any group. We didn't do sport. We focused on applied karate. And we did some kobudo as well, um, the weapon stuff that we learned under Stephen Chan uh, and Kirby Watson. And um, it was a really good... We trained for two and a half hours at a time, uh, two or three times a week. Uh, and it was just a really good bunch and a real learning curve th- all the way through the 90s. Um, again, as, as what happens, the, the, the chap that took that retired. We kept it going for a wee while and eventually through work fell apart and uh, I started doing uh, kickboxing and ground fighting at a local martial arts club, Was Obama, that had opened up. Um, that was my first kind of introduction to, apart from the judo, to proper ground fighting and uh, I was terrible at it. Uh, I, I was going to ask, how do you find it with your size um, rolling around? Oh, I, complete fish out of water. I was a great kicker when I was younger. I was a good puncher. I can move for the size of me. I, I like to think I'm pretty quick. Got on the ground. I, I, I was terrible. So I, I persevered. Um, and, and, and it was an eye-opener. And um, uh, training with the likes of Scott Beattie, Andy Wilson, these guys down there at Wasabama, um, I learned a lot and I still uh, to this day incorporate some of the training methods mm-hmm. from the ground and stuff that the drills that we did and the, the principles uh, and, and now as, as you train with more people you get more and more knowledge and uh, they, they start to make sense and, and, and you start seeing them in kata you start seeing them in, in karate and it was always there just never practiced um, so I was with them for a few years and then um, uh, I started, how did I get back into, uh, the, the, there was another karate club started at the gym I was at, and um, I had kids at the time, uh, and I thought, well, it'd be great to get the kids involved with it, and um, part of the, uh, uh, the, the 
the, the, oh, was, I suppose part of the deal at the time was I took the kids along, got talking to the instructors. They said, oh, do you do karate? Do you want to come and join in with us? Said, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll come and do that. Um, I, I, to cut a long story short, um, it wasn't this, it was freestyle. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but it was great for the kids to get started. And um, I helped them out with some classes. I taught the instructors some traditional karate. Um, I helped out in grading panels and um, they allowed the kids to train for free, which was great. Being Scottish, really tight, you know, that <laughs> um, that made a big difference. And um, after a wee while, part of the club, we set up a traditional class. Guys that used to train with me uh, years ago came along to that and we eventually decided to break away and just do the, you know, break away from the freestyle organisation, teaching traditional and, and form Musashi. And we built the syllabus. At the time, I'd started training with Ian Abernethy. So this is probably about uh, ooh, 13, 14 years ago, I think, maybe. Um, and uh, I was going along to Ian's seminars, going down and training with him. Um, went through Ian's instructor programme. Um, so you started the training with Ian Abernethy, but yep. as well... Um, what what's about the karate? Why did you stay with karate? You've got so many different experiences, and uh... well, um, I, I just always liked it. I I, I like um, uh, just the development that's within karate is fantastic. And the more and more I train with it, and the more and more I trained elsewhere, I would see karate in what I was doing. Maybe it wasn't karate; it's was just martial arts. At the end of the day, I suppose. Um, you know, we've we've all if we're lucky, we've all got a head, a body, two arms, and two legs. There's only so many different ways we can move. Um, the, the the martial arts are, are what we all do, but you know, you're labeling it karate, labeling it aikido, labeling it kickboxing, Thai, but you know whatever, um, it's just different styles, I suppose, of of a martial art. And the more you look into it, um, especially when you start delving into kata and application. The more you look into some of these other styles or, or uh, martial arts and how they do things and how they build things, you, you start to see um, similarities uh, within what we do. And, and it's opened up a, a, a wide door. I like the idea of the structure of the karate. I like the idea of the kata, the analyzing. I like the fighting side um, and, and the throws and the groundwork in karate. It's just always been the the, the, the constant for me. I don't know if if you could call it karate. If somebody looked at me doing it without a gi on, they might just say, oh, it looks like he's doing kickboxing and ground fighting. It looks mm -hmm. like he's doing judo. It looks like he's doing savat. You know, um, it, it could be, it's the gi that makes it karate. I kind of like wearing the gi as well. It, it feels as though I'm doing it. It feels good, isn't it? It does feel yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so how did you try, how did you found the practical side of it because so you're, you're a full full qualified instructor under Ian aren't you? yeah yeah so well, you again this, go, this goes back to the 90s um before I even met Ian and um very much before I was doing um the kind of 3k karate uh you know kataki on uh, kumite and uh, we were comp uh, competing um doing a lot of sports stuff um uh, and um we went I went to train under Louis McComb who was the, the, the chap in the 90s that, that, that we trained with. And he was very much, he was training, oops, he was training with um, Alexis Stephen Chan, Kirby Watson, in Aiki Jiu-Jitsu, um, one of the traditional forms, Kabudo, um, 
And uh, when we were training, we trained really hard. We did a lot of um, conditioning work. Uh, we did a lot of full contact fighting. Um, we looked at the catters and we, we we started trying to understand what they were doing in there. But we, we didn't really have a, a method or a formula or a, 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 a clear, concise understanding of the principles um, when we were doing it. Ian kind of, he was the first instructor I came across that really had that nailed down and 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 it made sense mm -hmm. uh, looking at the principles of the kata and then understanding it and making it fit you, not making it fit. There'd be no point in me trying to uh, make it fit like yourself. Uh, I needed to fit me and what would work for me and taking that principle and, and fitting that to me um, made perfect sense to me and, and it helped just click with things. Um, and also, uh, you know, a, a part of that, I, I was boisterous when I was younger. I used to get into to fights and stuff. And I worked the doors for quite a few years in the town and in pubs and clubs and stuff. And um, uh, the practical side was always something that was really important. Back in the back in the uh, early 90s, the, the town I stayed in, Ayr, was at one point murder capital of, of Scotland. It was quite a violent place. Uh, there was a lot of drugs and, and, you know, the kind of rave scene was about the time and, and uh, th there was a lot of trouble. Um, and working the doors, we, we came across a lot of that. And um, the, the club in the 90s just seemed to fit that perfectly. We fought a lot, we fought hard, and we were exploring. But So the practical side's always been there away from the sport. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, now, the most important question, um, how did the martial arts or karate in particular impact your mental health, or is it still impacting it? It's, it's been the one constant in my life um, for many, many years since I was uh, as a young child. And um, I, I never really had any kind of issues when I was at school age or things, but as I, I left home quite early um, uh, at 18. I didn't go on great with my parents and, um, uh, and I struggled a wee bit when, when, I, when I left. And the, the, the one thing I used to self-harm and... and um, I've got, I haven't really talked about this before. Um, and uh, the, the one thing that I would look forward to would be those two and a half hour training sessions, mm -hmm. you know, the hard, hard full contact training and um, by people far superior to me that, that, that would throw me about like a rag doll. And, uh, but it would take my mind off everything. Um, it, would, uh, it, it would, the thing I look forward to every week, uh, it was the thing that would drive me to train harder to take more punishment, to give more punishment, to to learn, to move up, and to to push on, and 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 I think that um, that has followed me all the way through. The black belt was one of the hardest things that, that I went through at the time, or the training up to it. Um, and afterwards, and looking back, you know, uh, it, it's a mindset thing. It's it's overcoming that uh, adversity, and um, and still to this day. Uh, especially in the current circumstances with the lockdown through work I travel a lot normally uh, you know I can be away you know two or three times a week in different countries and mm. uh, and moving about and, and and I enjoy that aspect of it I've pretty much had a full year stuck in a in this small room um about abiding by the laws of the lockdown I don't go out uh, very much I, I'll take the dog a walk uh, we, we haven't been we haven't been able to train and uh, the thing that's kept me going has been, you know, going out, I've got a shed built now for a dojo and going out there and, and doing kata and focusing on the karate and 
um, the weapons and 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 that's always just been a, a switch off from everything else round about and um, and we've got a small group and, and keeping in touch with these guys and watching them development uh, their development and everything's been been fantastic it's something I think will always be with me and it's always been my leveler mm. uh, if that makes sense yeah definitely yeah I think for most that's the one constant thing what people tell to me that the yeah. karate one constant helping them and being being there. Uh, yeah. So as, as you brought that up and making us all jealous, looking at uh, your Facebook, tell us about the shed. Yeah, well, it's it's been something I've I've wanted to do for a long, long time, many years, and um, we had planned. It started off with planned we were, we were going to do a back garden. It uh, hasn't been touched for about twelve years. We've, we've needed to, you know, kind of update it a wee bit, and we thought this year we would do it. Um, when the pandemic kicked in earlier on, we, we took a wee step back and thought, oh, this is maybe not the right time to you know spend any money just in case. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and it turned out my work, work's in a pretty good position. They were, we've been okay and uh, we decided to push ahead. And and um, one, one of the things was to um, get a shed built, as in the frame of a shed, in a size that would suit. And then uh, for myself to kit it out, fit it out, insulate it, Put electrics in, frame it out, and and build it the way I, I would want want it to look for training. And and so we, we we've gone ahead and done that. And uh, I, I think my wife's really fed up now because I don't <laughs> see much of her. Uh, uh, at first it was a novelty for her, but now <laughs> she, she actually wonders if I still stay in the house. <laughs> it's been great. It's, it's been ideal. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. It looks it looks great, and you're fortunate to have a room for it. I would I wouldn't be able to build it uh, thing like that in my garden. Oh. But, um, so you mentioned your work. Is that due to your work? You know everybody around in martial arts because you're traveling so much, so you're using that to your advantage. Um, but I, I do. It's not how I've met people. Um, I, I I do tend to do that. Uh, I'm lucky when I, I travel around. I take my gi with me, and and I've got clubs dotted about. You know the UK. Uh, that, that I'll pop into and train when I'm away. But um, for, for many years now, for uh, well, since I started teaching um, and we started the club, uh, we decided when we set the club up, first of all, there's a couple of things with the club. One, it has to be non-profit making. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about giving back. Uh, I was really lucky when I was training um, uh, back in the 90s. My instructor never took any money off us. We did charity stuff uh, for the church hall, that, that, that we trained in, but he never took a penny for training. And, and I have that kind of ethos going back. We, we take a small fee for um, uh, to cover the, the, the rental of the, the, the school hall we have. Anything else goes to charity. We've always done that since we started. So that was one of the first things. The second thing was that we weren't going to compromise karate because we didn't have to. We weren't going to enter competitions or do the, the tournament circuit. Uh, so we had to change the way we did things to win tournaments or to keep students for money, we would teach karate the way we wanted to teach it. And along with that, as part of my development, every four to six weeks, depending on what was on, um, I would go and train elsewhere. I would travel and I would go to another seminar, go to, go and ask if I could join in another club or something. But for the last uh, 10, 11, 12 years, I've done that every four to six weeks. I've made sure that I've pushed myself out and it's generally down in England I've had to travel to um, and uh, gone and gone and trained with other people. And I made a lot of friends, met a lot of people. Um, 
I, I'm really open. I, I enjoy training. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy getting stuck in, but I enjoy having a laugh as well. And um, I, I, I think I've found very similar people throughout the, the UK Karate Network. I, and in turn, I get people visiting our club on a regular basis, which is great for me. It's great for my students. And um, we built up a lot of good, friendly associations, which, uh, which really help. And also, it, it means I'm learning as well as, as, as teaching. Hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's the good way uh, of doing things, I think. Um, what would be your uh, key uh, qualities for a good instructor in karate? Except being tall. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, I have no idea. Well, I, I think um, it depends. I, for me, I'm, I'm not a full-time instructor. I still see this as a hobby, um, yeah. but I'm passionate about it. Um, initially, when I, when I started the club, um, like, like I said, the, the, the kind of three main things were non-for-profit, um, it's, it's, we've got to keep to our traditional core, uh, and I've got to go and travel. The, the, there was a last thing, the, 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 and the last thing was that it, um, the, the goal of the club wasn't to... Um, wasn't to have the biggest club. It wasn't to have the, you know, the world, the most world champions or meet of the highest Dan grade. Or, or the goal was to be respected, initially to be respected within our local uh, community, um, and uh, if the chance arose, arose in our wider community and then nationally, etc. And um, uh, and respected in a term that we we do what we say we're open, we're honest, we um, we train hard. Uh, and and we train honestly and as best our ability, and and um, that was one of the goals. So with that in mind, with instructing, um, I'm the first to admit I'm I, I'm not very good with children. Instructing, uh, I, I've I've always had a couple of instructors that that looked after the kids' class, and we've kind of whittled the kids' class down quite a wee bit now. Because just when we first opened, by word of mouth, because uh, I've been training in the area for a long time. People were, that, that I used to train with were bringing their kids along, and we grew a club really quickly, and, you know, about 20, 30 adults coming every night, and it was just too big to actually teach properly. Yeah. Um, and in the juniors, we had about 30, 40 kids, and it was, it was just ridiculous. We're down to around about a dozen adults now and, and a handful of kids, and, and I, I, I've been the happiest I've ever been with that size. I think when you're teaching kids, you've got to have a, a, a lot of really special qualities. Same with uh, people with um, disabilities or things that, that there's a, a different way of teaching. And um, because again, this is a, a kind of hobby club for, for, for me, we've got a small group. I've got a group of friends that have been training with me for quite a few years. We all got on well together and uh, we've got quite a relaxed atmosphere uh, in the club um, and uh, patience. Um, <laughs> they've got patience for me, and I've got patience <laughs> for, for them and learnings. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. I, I, I'm not a full-time instructor. I don't, I don't know what's a, a great quality. I, I don't think I've got a good quality. I, I've got any good qualities for being a full-time instructor. Um, I, I, it, it's my, still my way of winding down uh, and switching off from my day job. Mm. Uh, you would have to ask my students. I, I don't know. <laughs> good answer. I don't know what you've been talking about, but that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, 
want. Do you do you uh, what do you see the trends in in now in karate? Are we heading to a renaissance of uh, the practical karate? Is that growing in your opinion? I think it's growing, isn't it? Getting more popular. Yeah, I certainly do. I think I think I actually think. Um, it is absolutely growing, but there's also a massive spike in the sports side of things um, and, and the way that competition karate has changed, um, not just the uh, WKF or whatever you call it, the, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. Olympic type stuff, but also in um, you know, various forms of combat, you know, uh, the Kabuto and um, you know, all the, the more kind of full contact ranges, there's more of that going about. But there certainly has been a massive shift uh, to people analysing kata, looking at application stuff and um, picking up weapons and starting to understand them. And um, uh, clubs are getting more, less Japanese traditional and more Okinawan traditional and going back to, to the roots, I think. And I think that's great. Um, I also think there's, there's room for everything. Uh, it's up to the individual what they do and how they learn, um, but yeah, I think I think it's um, we're in a time uh, where where communication is really really easy, and getting in touch with people, finding information and data and and, and questioning um, is is commonplace now, whereas it never used to be. You used mm. to you know you were told this is this is how it is, this is what you do, and you just blindly followed. Um, whereas now we we have more access to information, which has made learning. Uh, whatever way you want to go, a lot easier and more more accessible. Uh, you mentioned that you are training with the uh, uh, weapons. Could you explain me what you find interesting in weapons? Because I I don't get it. I don't like it. Uh, how exciting <laughs> training with weapons? Maybe they're too too big for me to handle. Uh, do, do you know? Uh, maybe, again, it started back in the the late eighties. Um, uh, we had a. Uh, uh, the, the, the club we were we were in, um, we used to get Stephen Chan up and Kirby Watson, who are still training and teaching today. And, um, and I think it's Stephen, but the knees changed now, so he's fast. Yeah, now. that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's seventy year old, and he's uh, he might be seventy one now, uh, and he's uh, you know a phenomenally fit guy, very charismatic. He knows everybody as well, you know, and and, and he's got a, a fantastic memory for kata. And stuff we used to come up and teach us um uh, bow kata and um, tonfa kama and nunchuck and um uh, to the club and we'd uh, to this day we still i still have a few of them in the syllabus and, and i actually really enjoy it it's um it, it's it's a different different feeling to doing a normal kata uh, when you do the application as well i think it opens the mind a wee bit um, it helps you think differently about what you're doing and your positioning and the movement um and it's really interesting. Mm. I'm not one of these people to collect katas when when we're doing a lot. Part of the one of the styles we were predominantly were uh, shitoru, and they've got you know 70, 80 different katas, and you know you just spend all your time going round about in dizzy circles trying to remember them all. Um, we've stripped that right down, and and uh, we've got a core kind of set of kata that we delve deeper into, and um, a couple of weapons kata. Uh, and um, yes, I, I would encourage you to try it. I did try it. I just uh, I've got I've got one ball uh, in my garage because one of my students, when he was doing uh, started to tyson with me, uh, I said jokingly that I need a stick to encourage him to learn properly. 
And next session, he brought one for me. So as I brought <laughs> one, there you go. You can teach me better now. Um, do you have to have a, a different set of the weapons? So the bow is to the size. Are you so tall? Are you getting a bigger one? Or are you as much <laughs> no. as I No, you know, uh, that's funny. Steve, Steve Lowe, uh, um, uh, who, who, who we both know and is a, is a very good friend and, and uh, I, I get in train with him when I can um, he's, he's got some weapons, he said to me one day I think he's got a 7 or 8 foot bow he says that's the bow you should be working with <laughs> uh, but that, that, that would be uh, like me saying you know do you have a small one because you're smaller You know, a, a, a bow is a bow, a, a, a Rokoshaku bow is a 6 foot bow it doesn't matter what size you have that, that's what you've got to play with a Joe's mm -hmm. four foot, a Shioshako uh, bow, uh, Joe is, is four foot, so you work with that. Um, you know, you, you can use a pen or a pencil. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and I, again, it's a part of the learning with it is it's about coordination, body movement and stuff. And uh, some of the principles in, in a weapons kata are very similar to that of empty hand uh, and vice versa. Um, and some of them are slightly different, which you can take over to each side, which which makes it interesting. No, I've got the, I've got the kind of few things like that. So I, I admire people doing it. Same with the Eido and Kenjutsu. Yeah. I love watching it, but if I have to do it, it's just nah, I'm, nah. No, I just don't feel well, it. Do you know, I, th I think you know whether it's whether this is true or not. But I believe you know back in Okinawa it was. Every every Okinawan karate dojo, you know, they they did a bit of kabuto, and um, it was part of the part of the training back then. And I can I quite like having having a couple of katas, you know, in the the background that I can pick up a stick and and play with it. Mm. And yeah, a skill. It's I'm still learning. Yeah, well, we all are, we all are. I just don't know. I I cannot explain it. Just not to give me a person to throw and stuff, and I'm happy. Give me a stick and I feel out of place completely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think in fairness, one of one of the one of the bad things about weapons, uh, which I see all the time, and, and it's it's kind of un, uh, unavoidable because of the nature of having a weapon, whether it's a stick, a knife, a sword, or whatever, uh, you, you pull everything or you become tippy tappy. You know, you aim for the other weapon as opposed to aim for the person. But, uh, um, Michelle Enfield's just messaged me just now, so I'll just take a uh, week. I'll just say I'm getting interviewed by you just now. Yeah, I had them on my show as well. It was a good chat as well. I do like them. Just now. There we go. I'll send that wee picture. <laughs> there we go. We're doing a... Um, uh, she contacted me a couple of weeks ago. We're doing a, a kata challenge to the end of the month. Uh, every day we've got to go out and do some kata and post it on a week in a group. And get, uh, there's a few people from all over the world on there, which is quite quite fun. I've, I've seen that Naihanchi disease is spreading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Noah's, Noah's on the, the, the wee kata challenge thing as well. So he's he's been teaching her Naihanchi. She's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Paul. <laughs> so... Um... You said you're a shuko guy. Uh, is Naihanchi native for you or or more goju way? Yeah, I, I, I don't kind of conform to any style now, but originally it started with shuko kai. Um, 
and and we uh, the, the my instructor came from the Nambu lineage uh, mm -hmm. of of Shukukai, um, as opposed to the Tommy Morris lineage. So uh, for a small while we moved to Sankakai and then back to Shukukai. Then when I moved to the other instructor, Louis, he took it back further, and we we started practicing Shitoru, um, the you know the uh, Taniha Shitoru, um, mm -hmm. before it became Shukukai. So yeah, and Ihanshi um, is, is is part of that lineage. Um, I, I still kind of keep the kind of core katas from there, uh, the Pinan katas, and Ihanshi, Basai, Ananko, um, uh, Shio Kosukan as opposed to Kashanku, and Sienshin. We've got some Gojo katas mixed in there uh, mm. with the Toro lineage, and um, I, I think that's a good wee blend. Good. I'm not alone now because uh, I'm kind of from Kyokushin and then to unknown Russian styles. Um, but we've got the Goju and, and Shotokan katas mixed up, so yeah. and not the one. Um, so which one you prefer, Tensho or uh, Nahanchi? Oh, yeah, I, I, and remember that people listening, so be careful who. Hey, <laughs> 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 Oh, all of it. I I don't practice tensho an awful lot, uh, to be I, honest. Um, but uh, Nihanshi is one of the core ones. We, we start off with the Pinans, and the, the next one we do is Nihanshi. Uh, so I, I tend to do it a lot more than than I do uh, tensho. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, and in fairness, I understand a wee bit uh, Nihanshi better than I understand Tensho. I've, I'm still learning that. Uh, mm -hmm. I I uh, I actually started learning what two or three years ago Nihanshi. Uh huh. Um, and I think it's a wonderful addition to both Sanchin and Tensho. I find that those three katas are the the basics should be taught to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, We've got the three in our syllabus. Um, at, at different stages, the first one's Nihanshi, then uh, we, we do um, uh, Sanshin, and then we do Tensho. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, what made you make a decision of sports park up, the decision that you are not aligned to any particular style? I'm finding myself now going through that change where uh, I kind of uh, left my, my uh, original teacher and although basics are of that style, but now I'm not subscribed to, to the style. Um, yeah. What sparked up you to, to make that decision? For, for me, it was very easy. Again, um, not the, I've been with the British Combat Association for many, many years. Um, before that, I wasn't with any association, but just a small group training. Uh, I had no, uh, there was no pressure on me to do things a certain way. We don't do competition so there's no need for me to be you know millimeter perfect on stances and things like that and um, it was a very easy um, decision for me to to uh, de-style the, the style of karate I do is, 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 is what fits me um, I we uh, how's the best way to describe this we're principle based karate so mm -hmm. we I teach on principles and for example yourself um, you're a completely different build frame height uh, to me. Uh, when when I do something, I shouldn't look the same as you. I shouldn't move as quick as you. Um, I, I shouldn't uh, operate the same way as you. And if you were to, um, uh, for example, punch me in the face 
or punch somebody your height in the face, they would look totally different. But the style says it has to be this height. So um, making the karate fit you or fit me um, just seemed like common sense. Um, take the style label away. Uh, look at any kata you want, take the principle of it and apply it to a person and then make that work. And that fits you as opposed to trying to conform to an aesthetic, which is ultimately what the style is, you know, how it looks. Um, and, and it was a really easy decision. And it's the way I teach as well. I teach the principles. I teach the way I, I want the katas done, the, the techniques done, the process and everything done. I teach that. And then... Um, for the student, they, they have to do it the way I say for a certain amount of time. And then slowly but surely, as they go up the grades, it starts to fit them and they start it starts looking different. When my group do their kata um, as a group, they all look slightly different. And I think, in my mind, or certainly um, in, in my club, that's the way it should be. They shouldn't try and force it into a way that's not natural for them to match a style or to look. Um, I've got students that are, uh, one will be 70 year old, um, you know, in February, I've got students that are uh, taller, taller and bigger than me, quite a, a few of them. Oh, you've just disappeared. Uh, yeah. Still uh, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I've got students that are smaller than you. I know that's hard to believe and it's not mad. I know. <laughs> but um, uh, so they... Uh, they all look different when they're doing things and but they're all powerful and they can apply uh, the, the, the actual moves and, and that makes more sense to me yeah it definitely so, makes more sense so taking the style out of it's not a problem we just do karate karate jutsu and, and um, we, we follow the principles of karate and we uh, we pressure test them we apply them it works we can do the forms it looks um, we'll never win a tournament on you know a kata tournament or anything like that um, but uh, the the, the the karate fits them, and they feel comfortable doing it. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the same line of thinking. So, you know, as you know from my post, we've got lots of people with different abilities, and it just um, one build doesn't fit all. You know, yeah, I have to, exactly. Have to and some things people can do very well. The other ones can do not yeah. at all of it. So, you know, I've got the people with bad back and yeah. They will not never do jumping stuff and kicking hard no. and say, so, you know, you just have to um, think about it and, uh, and change. Uh, so, I think, I think when, when you're in a karate association that's very style driven, Shotokan, for example, uh, one of the, the big associations, the, there's a very uh, definite way of doing things, there's a de yeah. definite way of looking and a definite way uh, or, and requirements for grade or for competition. And that just doesn't fit everybody. But that doesn't mean that they can't do karate that fits them. Uh, and, uh, and styles are a fairly new thing anyway, Les. You know, the, the styles are probably less than 100 years old. Yeah. You know, karate, they, they had to create a style to conform with the Japanese way of putting everything into the, you know, what's that you're doing? Why is that different to his? What do you call your style? You know, and, uh, and uh, you take it right the way back. It wasn't styles. It was just karate, wasn't it? Yeah, when I started, I, I started in completely different styles. So I went through three systems, which first one was uh, uh, Shigeru Oyama, so uh, Oyama Karate. Yeah. Then went to um, Seitedo Karate. And then I thought I'm never going to be a black belt because for a green belt, the requirement, Mabashi Jordan. Uh, my hips are not designed for that kind of just stuff. So I can't kick high. 
Um, I can't kick my little head up uh, the height of it, so I'm not even dreaming kicking you in the head. But uh, you know, I've been told that oh no, you have to do that, you have to do that. If not, you cannot grade, um, which I think is completely wrong. Yeah. But then I found my teacher who've been able to adjust the system towards me, and um, here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm quite averagely okay karateka. And oh, you're very good. You're very good. Don't sell yourself short. I'm, I'm still still suffering with the younger brain inside. We will be kicking high. <laughs> <laughs> but the body reminds me that now nah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right now. So that brings me to the question. What, um, how to phrase it? Um, what things your brain didn't catch up on your age? Because we all got the things that um, we are not able to do anymore. But from time to time, that 20 year old inside goes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, high kicking is one of them. Um, you know, I used to be a very good high kicker, big long legs. I could do the splits, you know, I could hold on to my foot and hold it above my head and I could use them, you know, uh, you know, uh, when we were doing a lot of sparring and, and I was quite quite well known for it locally. Um, I, ah, lucky if I can kick above my waist now, you know. Um, uh, uh, so, but, but every now and then, um, you know, uh, on the kick bag or when sparring, you know, the, the, the old magic comes back and then I regret it the next day. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, and I, I, I think there's lots of things. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I find uh, I forget sometimes that, I, that I'm a wee bit older than that I used to be, and you know, especially in seminars and things. You know, maybe going away and training for a full weekend, six hours a day, and and then coming back and just you know the knee joints, the, the shoulders, the elbows, everything hurt. Uh, I get a lot of stick from my wife about it, but. Um, but, you know, I still love it. Still love it. I think that's the one thing, because I'm teaching a lot of, um, let's say, not so young. Uh, especially if there is the people who've done martial arts before. I think the big, that's the biggest challenge for them to actually accept that the body is not able to do what they used to be do. And, and they, that's why is the, uh, they're getting a bit more injured in the, in yeah. the youngsters. Do you think that's that's kind of correct? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, definitely, um, and and I think my, my karate has definitely changed over the years. Um, we tend to, and it kind of it's, it's been like a natural progression. You know, younger, um, you're doing the competitions and, and and sparring a lot and using legs a lot more. Now um, we, we focus a lot on on kata. Kata is the backbone of our system, and and um, a lot of stuff's close range. You know, and uh, elbows, locks, throws, grabs, chokes, um, stamps, knees, bites, you know, things like that. And and it seems much more natural now. I, I can do that all day, all night and wake up the next day and do it again, you know, without um, without any major issues. And, and when you look back at the old karate masters, you know, uh, old men still training every day and stuff, they're not doing big, high, fancy kicks and yeah. um you know, crazy training. They're, they're training in close, and they're um, far more bang for their buck. Um, it's uh, far more effective, and, and and there's far more intricacy at, at that closer range, and uh, a lot more to learn and study. I find it fascinating every time I train. Yeah, yeah, it, it is kind of. Somebody said today, 
to me on uh, Facebook that uh, the learning and discovering new stuff and karate is like trying to uh, flip the circle on the other side or something like that. So I kind of never think. Um, are you finding that you constantly learning or did you? Oh, make sure? oh. without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Um, and again, I suppose going back to the uh, the you know taking the style out of it and not just training in a certain style and, and training with other people. Um, it just it just opens up the, the, the learning curve massively. Um, it helps you look from outside the box in. People, I mean, I've spent, spent a lot of time training with a good friend of mine, Russell Jarmesty. Now, Russell um, runs a, a fantastic gym down in Manchester. He's done the doors for years. He's a right hardy guy. Um, he's controversial on Facebook. He's a funny guy as well. He's more of a martial artist or more of a karate guy than he'll ever admit. When he does, mm -hmm. um, uh, when he's training, when he's fighting, when he's doing his drills, when we're in his club and on seminars and stuff, all I see is karate kata. He'll never mm -hmm. admit that. But um, but he, his textbook um, kata application, the way it should be done, he just doesn't know it yet. Or he does know it, but he won't admit it. <laughs> he, he's strong jiu-jitsu background and karate background. At the time, he thought karate didn't work for him until he looked at jiu-jitsu. And then when you see what he does now, it's just as karate is what I see. Um, I trained with, I was lucky to, to train through a good friend of mine who's no longer with us, Paul Smith, um, the Kung Fu guy uh, from, from Scotland. Uh, he had strong links with um, Mol Morney uh, from the Silat. I, mm -hmm. I went and had a couple of training sessions with Mol and uh, just light bulb after light bulb after light bulb. And I, I came away thinking, that's what that move is in that kata. That's another, that works so much better than anything I've ever done. He's got a fluidity about him. There's a strength and power about it uh, that, that you wouldn't normally know. Um, likewise, training with others. Steve Lowe's great. Uh, Ian Abernethy, Patrick McCarthy. I could list, looking at even your stuff, Les and Matt, um, people I respect, Chris Denwood, you know, a whole lot of people. I get something from, I've forgotten what the question is now, actually. <laughs> uh, there's lots of little bits that, that, that you have to kind of look outside the box and look in and, uh, oh, it's about constant learning. And I still feel a complete beginner. Um, there's a, a um, there's a fear of, of, of uh, trying to learn too much. But everything that I, I do take away tends to fit into enhancing something that I already do, if that makes sense. Rather, yeah, yeah. rather like I said earlier, I've cut down the amount of katas that we do and we, we try and go deeper in them uh, rather than adding another kata on to learn. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take those principles that these guys have done, whatever, and I'll go back and look at the existing katas and I'll go, oh, that makes far more sense and works far better than what I thought it did before. And that's that's how my learning has grown now. Then we test it in the club amongst all the different people and sizes and get them to do it. And if they all manage it pretty much nice and easy, then you know that that, that kind of ratifies what we're doing. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's constant learning, constant yeah. learning. You, you mentioned two, two people that I pl was planning to uh, go on seminars last year and uh, I don't think so. It's gonna happen. The Pat McCarthy and uh, and Mal Murray. Um, I'm really really enjoying watching Mal's um, stuff. His yeah. uh, quality of movement is extraordinary. There's he, must be genetics. It must be genetic. People don't move like that. I, I know. I know. Um, I, I hate him. Absolutely hate him. He's he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's lucky. 
um, yeah, he he's he's a very very capable guy as well. I mean, I, I don't know him that well. I've only trained a couple of times with him. Uh, I was really I'm really or was really friendly with um, with his host Paul Smith, um, uh, who, who used to come down to our club a lot, and I've known him for years. And and Mal was uh, uh, getting that introduction and training with him. It was eye opening. Uh, just the fluidity of the guy, the power, very, very strong and powerful. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he moves well, moves very well. And he, he seems very genuinely nice guy. Yeah. I yeah. Know about him, I think. No, he's very family-orientated. Um, he's uh, very polite, mannerly, um, very focused when he's teaching and training. Um, he, he, he won't he won't stand for um, you know not putting effort in. He'll tell you, you know, mm. come on guys, we're martial artists, bit harder, uh, which I like. Um, but he's yeah very articulate. Uh, doesn't get dragged into internet arguments and stuff. He's uh, yeah a lot of respect from. Yeah. Um, and the other one was the Pat McCarthy, um, but. You know, the traveling is banned. I know you you know Pat, you were training. I never met him before. Um, he seems to be genuinely nice guy as well. He, he is, yeah. Actually, I was um, talking to, well, we were messaging back and forward yesterday, um, last last night about something. Uh, he's he's moving out to, he's in Japan just now. He's, he's yeah, going to be playing in Okinawa. Lovely chap. Um, he's, he's one of these guys, uh, I know Mike talks quite a bit about him. Um, he... He was. He was the reason I got in touch with Patrick initially and made contact with him was um, off the back of training with Ian. Ian opened the door to application for mm-hmm. me and gave me a structure of understanding kata, in particular the P9s and those principles, and putting that into a system, uh, a way of decoding, and a way of working, and a way of training, and a way of exploring. And and um, I, we had Ian up at the club lots of times. I trained him lots. I was still whenever I can, I go to his seminars and, and refresh. And he was fantastic at that. And then there was a bit that, that I wanted, I needed a wee bit more. I need to understand a wee bit more about the background of how the catas were created initially, which I thought was the next logical step. And I'd, I'd followed Patrick for years, read the Bubishi and, and um, uh, you know, followed his, his research work for years. And the Koro Uchinadi um, uh, system that he has of two partner drills, it was something that was of real interest. And I, I had a few of his DVDs and, and things. I thought, now the time's right now for me to get in touch with the guy and um, you know see if we can get him over from Australia to come and teach rather than learning off a DVD. I, I got to a stage where I felt the time was right. He's an icon. He's way up here. And I thought he wouldn't be interested with me. You know, he, he'll have an ego. He, he'll, he'll only talk to, you know, Sixth, seventh, eighth dance or whatever, and, and that was my perception. Couldn't have been further from the truth. Lovely guy, lovely guy. He fitted us in when he was over doing his tour, and um, he came and stayed with us. He fell in love with Ayrshire, this this part of the country. We had a great time. We we walked, we talked, we trained, we we ate, we drank, we we just got on really well. Um, he is a fountain of knowledge, and uh, and very open about it. He's he's there to share. Um, and uh, very very capable, and and he's done he's done everything. He's he's, mm. he's been a hard hard uh, karate trainer all his days. With kung fu originally, and then karate. He he knows everybody, and um, he's been in this 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 room here. And we're looking through one of the books, and he said, "Oh yeah, I know him. I know him. I know his dad. 
you know, it's all the Okinawan masters and stuff. He's just a very charismatic guy. So, yeah, if you get a chance to train with him, he's got some really good guys in, in the UK um, that are part of his group uh, and, and Europe that are uh, very, very good instructors as well and very knowledgeable. And, and what we did, we, we, we got him over a few times um, and uh, we took the bits and bobs out, the bits of the jigsaw that, that I needed, um, and, and we keep that relationship going and um, added some bits to, to the syllabus. But again, I'm, I'm conscious of not just grabbing stuff and putting it in for the sake of putting it in. It's got to, it's got to fit what we're doing. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Masashi. It would be Pat Patrick and Pat Ian. Ian yeah. and, you know, it's, it's got to be what, what fits me, what's my karate. Uh, it, it's funny you as you say that yeah, you've been uh, <clears throat> thinking that he will not talk to you. I had the same same thing with writing first to Ian. I said, you know, the guy is busy. Guy is the top. With who, sorry? With the fear of um, that he's not gonna be talking to you because you're some guy in UK, uh, Patrick. All right. And uh, yeah, I had the same thing with Ian. You know, why Ian would talk to the guy who just migrated and you know farther farther from the truth. <laughs> Do you know the first time I ever spoke to Ian? Oh, it was, it was years and years and years ago. Before I'd been to a seminar, I'd bought a couple of his DVDs. Or, or sorry, I'd, 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 I'd ordered one of his DVDs, the first one. This was, oh, this could buy years. And, or was it his book? I can't remember. It was one of the things. And I was at work in Glasgow and my phone went. I picked up the phone. Hello, Jamie Gray. Hi, it's Ian Abernethy here. Um, your card payment hasn't been through. And <laughs> 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 I, 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 I Oh right, Ian. I, I was, oh, that's okay. It's probably something I've done wrong at the center. I chatted away to him, and I thought hmm. that was Ian Abernethy. You know, <laughs> I didn't expect that. You know, he's he's way up here. He's such a nice guy. Really yeah, nice guy. Yeah, I, I was the same. You know, um, I, I think most of the people who are successful in a field of karate or whatever other field, uh, and they are not insecure, they are genuinely nice because there's no need to not be. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, and that makes a difference. Um, uh, and, you know, I think the days, again, this goes back to the old days of um, before communication was a lot easier. And, you know, people at the top of the tree and associations would say, oh, no, I know all this. I'm not teaching you that until you're such and such a Dan. Oh, this is for instructors. You can't learn this. And you, can, you know, and uh, I'll show you the secret meaning to this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a load of rubbish. Uh, you know, and, and you just can't get away with that nowadays. And, uh, and I think right from the start, these guys, Russell, Ian, Steve, Patrick, um, you know, you yourself, um, uh, Matt, the open sharing, the giving and the pushing back and the learning and the knowledge and the, um, the, the camaraderie that goes along with it um, brings people together more than it pushes them away. And it's, it's, it's how it should be. It's how the art's going to continue to evolve. You know, people like yourself doing what you're doing. Um, me, I'm quite happy just going along with the ride. <laughs> um, what are your plans after the lockdowns finishing? We've got it all vaccinated and, and move back to the normal. What's your plans? Hit people. <laughs> <laughs> hit people and be hit. Yo, I can't <laughs> wait. Yo, that sounds so bonkers, but but actually to be able to smash somebody and get smashed back, get thrown, land on the ground, meet up with, with, with our club and actually train, you know, and have hands-on people. Um, and and, and it's, oh, it's going to be bonkers the first week. It's going to be 
disastrous. You know, we're going to have so many injuries. We're going to yeah. try and try and um, be as as calm as we can. But every a whole club, the whole guy, all all the guys, all the group are really keen just to get back because ninety five percent of the stuff we did in the class was uh, you know involved contact or touching, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and and everybody really really misses it. I want to get uh, get out and go and train with more people. I'd love to come down and be able to make it down to one of the, the Craft for Mental Health seminars. I've, I've not managed it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to get down to one of them uh, and meet up with, some, uh, with yourself again and some of your guys. Um, and, yeah, just, just, just get back to that normality of every four to six weeks going away and training and just having my, uh, my guys in the club and, and training. What about yourself? What, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward as well to be thrown and uh, do some contact training. I'm missing that that a lot and and traveling and seeing people. You know, I've got um, I meant to go in April to see uh, Christian Wedewald. All right, nice. There. Yeah, he uh, looks really good. Yeah, I don't, don't think so. That's gonna happen. He hopefully will be able to come here in uh, October to do seminar with me. Yeah, I meant to have. I'm, I'm... Uh, I've got one of his books up here. Oh, oh what, what, what's that one? Oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very good book. I've, another one I believe is a Christmas present that's coming. I, I haven't seen uh, that one yet. Though. I see you've got the other women book there. Oh yeah, yeah. All, 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 all the wee books are, um, are, are, are there as well. You know, the, 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 the wee man's books. You know why they yeah. are all the size? But, yeah, I noticed that. So we, I mean, so we can pick them up. They, well, that's that's why you and Matt wouldn't be able to lift all, all of these yeah, three in their own, would right. you? Know? These are all Matt and Le- oh, do you know outside my dojo, I've got two wee statues guarding the door, and 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 I call them Matt, <laughs> Matt and Les. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the picture. It brought my attention to it. Yeah, well, yeah. Where people can find uh, your dojo? I suppose Facebook is the best. Um... Yeah, um, that this is something. Uh, Somebody, ah, oh, that right. This is going to seem really, really weird. Um, I, I'm not looking for new students or anything. I, I don't want people to find me. Um, I had a conversation. Something I get contacted every now and then from local people wanting to join karate because uh, they maybe know somebody or somebody other. Where's the local club? Blah blah blah. I've got a wee group now. It's more a study group than anything else of us. And um, we haven't taken anyone new for for a few years. And when we have, um, we've kind of made them wait for quite a few months and see if they're really interested and keen. Uh, one recently I made made to wait for four months. And he's, he's currently a third dan, you know, he was a third dan with another club. He wanted to join us. Um, because when we start bringing new people in, I have to start going back to the beginning again. And, and, yeah. and like I say, we, we don't do it for money. We don't do it for competition I don't need a big club um we've got a good group I've got people coming down you know 40 50 miles to train with me and stuff and we've got a nice setup so we we, we can Facebooks where uh, I'm happy to engage with people happy for visitors um but but I don't necessarily want people join join and that sounds really strange and really obtuse. I was gonna say the 50th a uh, podcast and the first guest who says, fuck off all you people, we don't want you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Brilliant. But, 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 but the, honest, the honesty is, yeah. I'm quite happy. I've, I've got a good balance. 
just now of my training, my personal training. My, well, obviously not with the, the, the club at the moment, but before the, the lockdown. And, and uh, the people I've got are the people I want to develop with and, and move on. And when the time's right, we'll maybe open the doors again and say, right, we want some more in. Or if people are really interested and you know, have some background or, 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 or just seem to be a good fit to our group um, at the moment, then, then they can come on. And, and I'm not being discriminatory about anyone. We've, we, like I said before, we've got all different ages and abilities um, and, 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 and um, some of the disabilities that are training with me. Um, it, it's just there's so much work to be done with the group that I've got. Um, I, 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 we don't do it for money. I don't need people to come in the door to pay the bills. Um, it's a nice position to be in. And, and we will, every now and then, if it's the right person, we'll add them to the group. And um, and do it, but they can, they they can you know Facebook's probably the we actually took down our website because we didn't want people contacting us. <laughs> how, how weird is that? Ah, I think I think it's a great Scotsman. I think it's a great position to be in if you've got that um, clear way of you want to yeah. do stick to it, and uh, I think it's great. Yeah, um, like I said before, I'm I'm not a great teacher. Uh, I I don't have this the. Uh, that you mentioned, like the, the skills for being a good teacher. I don't know what these are. Um, it's, it's, it, the Kai's always been very personal for me, and I've been lucky that people have wanted to come and join and do, you know, do what I do, and mm -hmm. get bits out of them. That's the way I look at it. Um, every time I go, I'm training, and and they're joining on to to what I'm doing and the path I'm going, and, and they seem happy with it. Um, but. I, there's far better instructors in the area, far better that, that will bring them on, you know, three, four year old or whatever and, and work their way up through and, and give them the competitions, give them the weapons, give them the, you know, whatever they want to do kind of thing. Um, that that, that I, I think general people who have no martial knowledge are, are maybe looking for. Uh, I'm probably not the right person to, to set them to. Hi, <laughs> Jenny. It was a huge pleasure to uh, talk to you as always. Thank, Thank you, you not picking on me too much on my height. Uh, We're not finished uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to go and pick up the terrorists from the nursery. Yep. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on my 50th uh, oh, fantastic. episode. Uh, it should be live uh, this Friday. Oh, wow. Hope you enjoyed it. I've had a great time. Fantastic. Thank you very much again. Uh, it's been great. Having a chat with you, and, and I hope to meet up in person soon. Yeah, well, I hope, hope if, if I can see you, I'll, I'll bring my glasses. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring my ladder. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Jamie. Bye bye. Thank, thanks a lot, Matt. Bye bye. Bye. How'd I stop this thing? <laughs> uh -huh, and